Hi, and welcome to Going Within is the new Going Out. It's your mindset coach, Carol Ann Reed here, and together in this podcast, we're going to be tuning out from the outside world and deep diving within. Because after all, that's where the magic happens. So today's episode actually marks a really special milestone. And I thought that it would be so powerful to reflect back on this. Because today is my twin boy's third birthday. And given that my life has been pretty crazy the last three years, from building my business to where it is now, with twin babies in tow during a pandemic, and more so in the last, say, six months, I thought that I would also share some of my own personal personal experiences and findings around skincare, looking after ourselves, because ultimately, I'd actually like to avoid Botox, but some mornings, if you could see the bags and lines under my eyes from the broken sleep is just one of the things from the last three years you'd understand why I'm on this little journey. So yeah, I'm going to sort of share some insights, the ups, the downs of navigating business around family life and share some of the things that have worked for me and as important and powerful, some of the things that really haven't. There's a lot of things that I'm going to say that I've had to let go of. So, and not only the the skinny jeans, (laughs) The skinny jeans are a thing of the past, unless they're high-waisted, but that is a whole other part of this. So let's dive in. So I started my business um, in the coaching arena back in 2016 was when I was like official, I stopped doing all of my other part-time jobs because it was just, I think I shared this, I had like five jobs at one point. And even back then when I first started out and really got my teeth into coaching and being fully self-employed, I always knew that I wanted a family. Both me and my husband, we've been together now 13 years, like how? But we always knew that we wanted a family and we actually started trying like a couple of years before that, but we just didn't really think much of it. It was just more, let's have fun, see what happens. But in the back of my mind, and I didn't share this with him for a good while, but even from a young age, I always had this like weird belief or story that I told myself. It was like, the the belief basically was that I was gonna struggle to get pregnant. I have no idea why. My mum always shared with me that she got pregnant really quick with me and then my brother, there's only like 18 months between us. So it wasn't like I grew up with this belief. It was just, I just always thought I'm gonna struggle to get pregnant and here is the crazy thing. And the next sentence that used to come after that was, and then I bet I have twins. And I used to say it to myself all the time. And to the point when I actually did announce that I was having twins, I did like an announcement on Facebook, like you do. Do you actually have a life event happen without announcing it on social media these days? And someone that I used to work with at a pub when I was about 17 or 18 called the Riles Arms, great place to eat out in Macclesfield if you're local. One of the girls that I used to work with, waitresses, messaged me going, oh my God, I remember you saying, I I bet I'll end up having twins. And I was like, I was saying it back then? Like I was a teenager. So 
Anyway, that was always in the back of my mind. And then it was probably about 2018 where we'd settled down, we'd got married, we got the house and business was really taking off. I started to question like, hang on, nothing's like happening. And I don't know about you, but especially if, if you're a woman listening to this, we tend to have this like unconscious pressure of tick tock, tick tock, the clock's ticking, this body clock thing. And everyone suddenly starts asking you, when are you going to have kids? I swear, the moment you turn over 25, that's everyone's focus. When are you going to have kids? And my cycles were so irregular and had been for years. And I now understand that to be that I used to basically abuse my body. Mentally, I spoke to it like utter crap. I don't think that's even, that word does it justice. But back in the day with my background being in performing arts and dancing, everything was around the size that you were. <laughs> you gained a few pounds, you weren't getting cast. It was just that simple. So you name the diet pill, the cleanse, the booty. I call it pooty with what it actually does to your body. That's a whole other story. <laughs> and like, you name it, I had it. These tablets that would like speed your metabolism. And anyway, I just didn't think anything of it. If anything, I thought bonus, no periods. But that was having a massive effect on my body. So in the end, we did actually go and both get checked out. I went and had scans and blood tests and all sorts. And basically what they said was, everything seems okay, I'm just not ovulating properly. And poor Carl, he went and got tested and he was fine. So on paper, everything was okay, but they almost wanted to do further tests. And I remember when we went to go and see a specialist, this was through the NHS, they tried giving us, they actually wrote out the um, prescription for, I wanna say chlorophyll, isn't chlorophyll what flowers have? Clomid, not chlorophyll, Clomid. And I remember this guy, this doctor slid it across the, the desk to me and I picked up this prescription and I was like, hang on, are, are there any side effects to this? And he was like, no, no, it's 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 um it's quite sort of risk-free. There is a a ten percent chance of of it increasing the risk of twins. But, but but and my alarm bells went off and I literally slid it back to him because as much as I would joke and sort of say, you watch, I won't be able to get pregnant and then I'll end up having twins. It was a fear. I like genuinely feared having twins. It was like, I think I even used to go as far, I can't even say this, but it was like, oh my God, that would just be my worst nightmare. Like given how much I love freedom and adventure and especially then I was on this journey of real deep self-discovery. I had finally like discovered who I am and the thought of twins was like, well, that would be ripped away from me because I'd lose myself. I'd lose my self-identity. I'd just be, I, how do people even do it? Huh. And then I always say, we are often gifted our biggest fears. So we both went away from that. We turned down that support and as much to the, the doctor's kind of disgusted face at me. And I went on a, I just sort of decided to just go on a deeper journey of healing. 
I just had this calling to go on an inner journey. So I started to look into things like reflexology and I went to go and see this amazing lady local to me called Tracy Mills um, for reflexology. And I saw her for, for a good while. And one of the first things that came through was my adrenals. I had been running off adrenaline for years and that had a massive impact on my cycles. I also realized as much as I was eating healthy and working out day to day, oh my God, I could work out three times a day at some point. I'd either be running the dog out, I'd go to a gym, and then I would be teaching in the gym. So probably even more than that some days, which again sounds great, but I was overexerting my body. Whilst it's constantly working on repairing my muscles, it was thinking, right, we need to switch something off here let's switch off the ovulation system because obviously the body couldn't handle that at that point. So I didn't realize this at the time. As much as I was eating healthy, I was not eating enough calories. And again, the body just didn't function properly. And I looked into all sorts. One was a liver cleanse, um, alkaline cleanse. So I, I tried all these different things, went on this inner journey. And do you know what one of the biggest light bulb moments for me was when I realized that I had been saying, well, we're trying for a baby. We've been trying for a baby now for four years. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're really hoping to get pregnant soon. I'm hoping to be pregnant by the end of the year. So as a mindset coach, and you've got to remember, this is, this is the beauty of when you're in the picture, you can't see the frame. Like you've, I had to take a step back and it was like a lightning bolt moment, real awakening moment of going, hang on, if a client was saying to me, well, I'm going to try to make this work. I'm hoping those words are just not in the dictionary for me. Yet here I was hoping and trying for this, for this other human, for this part of my life that I so desired slash feared. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm literally not putting out exactly what I want. Like the universe is gonna be so confused vibrationally is what I mean. So there's actually a deeper story, but you know what? I actually think I'm going to share that on another episode. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry for that little cliffhanger there, but I promise it will be worth it because I can go into more detail around the week that we got pregnant. I'm not going to go into those kinds of details. Do not worry. But something insane happened and it was like a visualization that I had. So let's just imagine I had this light bulb moment. I realized that this wasn't about me. Let's just say that this is about me being in a position and ready mentally, physically, but spiritually to allow life to come into me. It wasn't about me. It is about when this soul is ready. And it was just, like I say, I will share this with you, I promise, but it was just this moment of complete realization that I had been pouring my focus into the wrong places. So lo and behold, we found out we were pregnant. And the first thing that I did was book in a, like an early scan, you know, it's like private scans, because I just wanted to know if it was twins. And <laughs> we went to this private scan. They, they were lovely. And they were like, look, there's the little heartbeat. Oh, I was only five weeks, five weeks and three days or something. I think as soon as it as soon as it went over the threshold of I could book, we, we were there. 
and she was like, look, there's the little heartbeat. And then she like moved it and I just saw this tiniest little flash. It wasn't even in the sack. It was almost outside of it. And I was like, can you just go back? And she couldn't find it again. And she was like, oh, it could just be a little blood clot or just something like that. Remember how early it is? And I was like, could it, could that be a twin though? And she was like, mm, very unlikely because it would be showing up here. And she said, but I don't think she even said, but it was just my head. So anyway, as soon as I heard the word blood clot and that kind of, I thought, right, I'll see if I can get in for a proper early scan. And we did, I think we were about seven weeks maybe. And she literally said to us, do you already have kids? And I think it's sometimes your head can just go to these awful, scary places. And she sort of turned the screen away. And I said, no, we don't already have children. And then she said, um, well, you're definitely pregnant. There's two in there. And if you could imagine, it's probably like a cartoon. I literally said the F word held for about 30 seconds, just beep, just, uh, and Carl was like ecstatic. He was so excited. And I just put my hands on my head and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and weirdly, the first thing that came to my head was, business. Like, how am I even going to do this now? It was just in a place where I'd launched the Warrior brand. Things were like, clients were coming in, the testimonials were just like, I had found my purpose and the results were in alignment to that. And yeah, and it was just this moment. And anyway, we went out and sat in the waiting room and I just sat in the corner staring out the window. And I think the hardest part about it was actually, I felt really guilty because I so wanted to just like cry with excitement and hug Carl and just be like, oh my God. But instead, instantly, they were talking about specialists. We're gonna get someone to come over and speak to you because this is now a high risk pregnancy. All of these things, it's, it's just such a, a different experience, I suppose. And you then sat there with everyone else in the waiting room and they're all happy with their little single baby bumps and scans. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, it's happened. You know, the mad thing as well is I have my gay best friend and I had always joked to him for years. I was like, listen, you'll be absolutely fine because when I have twins, you can have one. Like I literally, we literally had this conversation so many times. And I'd spoken to him walking into the hospital to have the scan. And I sat staring out the window. I was like, I'm going to have to tell him he can't have one of my babies. <laughs> like, but now I laugh at it because it is hilarious. But it was like a real, oh, the places that your head goes is just, it was crazy. And anyway, I did have a good cry that night. We actually were gigging. Me and my husband were still doing the odd he, he's, he runs a band now, a wedding band, fantastic wedding band, I may add. And so I would go along and I'd be gigging as part of what he was doing. I think we were actually a duo back then. And we would drove down to Farnborough. That was it. I remember it being a really, really long drive. And I'd messaged and called only a couple of really close people. And again, it was just this guilt, this guilt of, I wanted it to just be the most exciting news ever. And I just had this overwhelming how am I going to do this so once I did start getting my head around it and I had a good cry I I even had some EFT within the first few days because I felt my body go into like a trauma response and 
I did some meditation, I did some of my breathing exercises, I had some of the EFT and it really helped me to settle, to know that I am safe and I've got this, I can do this. It was the fear of the unknown. Fast forward with business. So I think as a self-employed person, when you first find out, or in in any career, it's, it's different, isn't it? When you first find out that you're pregnant and you're in a career and you're employed, you have one path to go down and that is sort of laid out, but it's still a journey to go on and it's no doubt unique for everyone given your employer and legals and all of this kind of stuff. And I know for me as a self-employed person, I was like, I'm going to get next to nothing when it comes to maternity. I have got to get my business in a position where it doesn't need me to be the time exchange for money. That was the first thing I thought. If I'm going to take time off, which of course I wanted to, I knew that I needed something else in place. So I actually hired a coach. I reached out to a coach and got to work looking at, okay, how do I make part of my business sustainable so I can run it, but it is an hour per hour kind of thing. And that's what led me to launching my membership. And it's funny because I've always wanted to run a online membership. I love the in-person events. I love the weekly meetups. I still now do like my in-person women's circles. But I thought you can reach, you can reach souls all over the world with an online membership. We can come together no matter the, the time difference and, and all of that. So I got to work on launching my membership. And you know, like three and a half years on, it well, yeah, three and a half years on. I still have, there's still some of the original members in there. It launched and the most incredible tribe of mainly women, I would say. And they were just incredible, so supportive. It is one of my favorite arms of my business, my um, my membership. And we've got close to like 50 members in there now. And that has brought in a fantastic residual income enough to cover all of my foundational bills. Like you will get to know me on this podcast. I'm always going to be so transparent with this. So that for me has been such a key part is is creating something not from sheer panic. Had I have panicked, like full-blown panic stations, I don't think I would have launched something that was in alignment. Hence why I, I invested in a coach to, to, to help guide me that if I did slip into panic or overwhelm, she wasn't in my position. She could really see the wood for the trees and help me. And I got to work with that and just, I actually continued working up until like I think it was about a week before the boys were due. I made it all the way through to 37 weeks and five days when I look back. If you're listening to this when the podcast has just launched in March 2023, if you go onto my Instagram, there will be a reel and you'll get to see uh, a picture of my belly the day that we were in hospital. I actually hired a birth photographer let me know if you would ever consider having a birth photographer or if you had a birth photographer, if you have children. Little did we know, so we were approaching, I, I was booked in for a scheduled caesarean um, because the boys were, one was transverse, which basically means sideways with his legs over his head and one was breech. And then by the time we'd reached 37 weeks, they were both breech. So basically, 
Their feet were tap dancing in parts of me down there I genuinely didn't know existed. I can't, I can't even put it into words, the pain, the everything, but I think I was just so focused. It was a really healthy pregnancy. I had one hospital visit and I actually think that was when the top baby, which was Carter, flipped. He went from having his legs over his head, like imagine a sandwich. If you were to fold it in half, that was how he was on a couple of the scans. And I remember thinking, he's gonna have like severe problems, but the bendy is anything, aren't they? And so I actually think, because I, I went into hospital, because my bump was completely on the side. I, I had felt sort of restricted movement. So anyway, they, they reckon it was when he was moving. Other than that, completely chilled pregnancy, nothing really to report, other than my legs were that swollen, I had to wear Carl's, my husband's slippers for the last month. I physically had no shoes. Even if I upped my shoe size, they had swollen that much that, yeah, that would be a hilarious picture if I was to ever share that. Because I think when when we think, all oh, women are going through pregnancy and they, they're, they're often sick or they go through this and it's a bit uncomfortable at night. No. No, there is so much more that which can go on behind the scenes, isn't there? Anyway, the week before we were due to go in for the, uh, the scheduled cesarean, there was this like talk on the town about this like virus that had started overseas. And, but there was nothing to worry about here in the UK. And this is the C word, the COVID. It was a bit, like my parents are NHS and my dad had heard basically that it's on its way, it is coming. And I remember him sitting in me down and having a bit of a chat about that. Like there's nothing to really worry about, but it does mean that it could change things in hospital. I just, I just, I just didn't understand it. And I was very much like, it will be fine. So we went in and it was like a ghost town in the hospital. We had the boys and again, I'll probably share this on another podcast <laughs> because those 48 hours having a baby or twins, multiples the week that we went into lockdown. So where we had the boys in the theatre, um, in the caesarean, the next day, we were the last day for them to ever do it in there because they turned that into a mini ICU ward, into intensive care. So that was an experience. I actually discharged us after 48 hours because it was just, it was scary. It's so different now compared to, to that sort of time then. But we came home, boys were really healthy, I was recovering, and yeah, it was it was all good. And it was it was that feeling of wow, this sense of love is just like nothing that I've ever felt before. And I I'm saying that with the knowing that not every not every new parent feels that straight away. So if you're listening to that and you're like, oh god, I, I never felt that, what's wrong with me, or I'm missing out, no. Your body, your hormones, your conditioning, your expectations, your belief, your experience will determine how you evolve and how you fall in love. And you've got to remember that if you experienced a traumatic birth, your brain will actually be in full-blown protective mode, i.e. fight and flight. And the next thing, you've got this gooey, screaming, hungry potato placed on you that's like off you pop go feed this and look after this your body if you went through a traumatic birth will literally to some degree be 
in a bit of conflict with that for some people. So I just wanted to really share because I work with a lot of women and especially when we're doing trauma release and heart healing and from nowhere they'll be like, well, I did have quite a traumatic birth. And I'm like, do I share a little bit more? When they share, I'm like, a bit of a traumatic birth. If we were to go through that on just a day-to-day without having a child, oh my gosh, the, the amount of support that we would have. But it's just a given, isn't it, when we have kids? So anyway, that was just a bit of a disclaimer. And so yeah, we came home, we went into lockdown, and the whole world was a bit upside down. So business flowed. I still had quite a few clients that wanted to continue and the Warrior Academy was just growing. It was just, it was fantastic for me as well to have that network there. And I think having that platform for people to come together was so needed. I'm going to share with you now some of the the things that when I was reflecting, if you are in that stage of maybe you've got babies, I always say plural, if you've got a baby or a child, do you know what? It doesn't even matter how old they are, but if you are trans- transitioning careers or if you are building your own business or maybe you've got a side hustle, here's some of the things that I would recommend. Number one, lowering the expectations and dropping the pressure on yourself. I remember thinking I have to keep up this picture perfect, wear my makeup every day, come live and do all of these things because if I wasn't doing that, people would think that I'm not managing myself and children. So therefore, who am I going to be to help other people with their mindset? And do you know what? I get that rationale. But what I've actually realised, especially because I went through that in, say, the first year, and I actually enjoyed it. I can't lie. I love doing makeup and hair and I felt great doing that. I actually would lay the boys down in a really safe space with their little play thing. And I would, Carl would watch them or I'd keep the camera on them and I would do a face mask. I definitely had probably more self-care back then than I do now. I can't just lay them on a mat and keep them still anymore. But I would be keeping up this level of self-care, which tick, I would definitely recommend doing. Even when you don't feel like it, even when you're running on zero sleep, do the face mask. Try your best to have the shower. But Feeling the pressure to still show up and just look like you've got your shit together all the time, not needed. Just not needed. Actually showing up real and raw, you're meeting a lot of people where they are and people have so much admiration. And I've really, really come to realise this in the last few years, in the last, yeah, one to two years, is people actually really enjoy the real and raw. They enjoy seeing the behind the scenes. So that's not to say, like, that doesn't mean that you've got a show up on say a live or do something and you're going to look like you've just been dragged through a hedge backwards. If you can, throw a hairbrush through your hair, but don't worry about it looking and being picture perfect. If you're doing a job or you are doing something that you're passionate about, it's your energy that people resonate with. It's your energy that people buy from. It's who you are. It's you are your heartbeat. So remember that. But I would definitely say drop the pressure, lower the expectations and drop the perfection filter. You'll no doubt see if you follow me on Instagram, there are some days when I will rock up and my hair's just been done or I've got lipstick on or I'm wearing a new pair of trainers or whatever. And then there are some days where I am like, I don't have my makeup on. I've got spots and my hair is 
basically an entire Batiste tin of dry shampoo because I've not had a chance to wash my hair for three days, four days sometimes. That's life. And you know what? When I work with clients, they're like, I just love the fact that you're a real human. So bear that in mind if this resonates. Another one is do what you can with the time that you have. I am not going to sit here and say to you, sleep when the baby sleeps. I had that said to me, and you know what? I swear, especially about that, I could have just punched them in the throat. Like, it's probably a bit harsh. But it's just like, well, of course I'm going to try and sleep when the baby sleeps. And yes, I suppose it's, it. like, there's, I get it. I get that advice. But when people say it, like, in a do it kind of way, if I think, and this is if you ever have a friend as well who has a baby, say, if you can get some rest when the baby's sleeping, do it. I just went on a bit of a run then, didn't I? Um, and little FYI, I would never punch someone in the throat. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, but yeah, do what you can with the time that you have. Where I did find the time. So if you do have babies, what I would recommend is, for the, and this was what worked for me, is getting into a solid nap time routine. And you know what? Again, this it just isn't the same for everyone, but this is what worked for me. I was religious. If we were going to go and meet a friend in the park at five meter distance with masks on and whilst drinking hand sanitizer <laughs> and whatever else crazy, crazy stuff that we had to do, I would never, ever just think, oh, do you know what? Sack it. I'll, I'll just go today and they, they can nap in the pram. No, I would literally do everything around the nap time. And again, I know that, that's, that that doesn't work for everyone. But what that did mean is the boys got into a really solid routine of napping twice a day in the early days. Oh, if you could see my face now, I've just drifted off into a, oh, the days of nap times. And that is when I would work. I would, I would put them down, I would come to my desk and that is when I would content create. That is when I would schedule my lives. That is when I would send my emails out. That's when I would touch base with clients. Now, obviously I was running my business back then at like 40% capacity, maybe 35, 40%, but that was what really, really, really worked for me. And there's a fantastic book called The Sensational Sleep Guide. I'll share it in the, in the comments. Um, in the links and that was a godsend. I implemented a few things in that. There was no, I'm not for, and I have no qualms in saying this, just knowing what I know now around childhood trauma and emotional regulation and all of that imprinting, I never did the cry out method, nothing like that. I actually wouldn't advise. If you are a new parent, if you did it, don't stress. <laughs> It's part of our life path, part of our life journey, and each individual will move through whatever. That is not to say your child would be traumatised if you ever did the cry out method. There's been a few times where I'm like, I, I literally can't step foot in there. I need a breather. But if you are a new parent, I would definitely look into different ways to do that because it can affect the mind. So yeah, I would, I would nap time hustle. I will hold my hands up and say I was a naptime hustler. And you know what? You know when people say, let your kids be your why. Let your children be your biggest driving force. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It That isn't it for me. If I'm to be brutally honest with you, that's almost like a no-brainer. Like, if I succeed in business, 
I, I help a lot of people, which is my goal. The ripple effect of that is it seeps into our lifestyle naturally and the boys would benefit. But you know what it is? The biggest driver for me is fulfillment and making a difference. So as much as I've got pictures of the boys, I'm looking at them now, on my desk from when they were little babies and we're all wearing Kiss t-shirts and little onesies and they've got their little ducky and peng um, dummies in. I, I do it for them, but my priority is me. So like, let me sort of dive into this a little bit more. So what I mean by this is, Remember I said right up at the beginning that I had this fear of losing myself. I'd finally found who I was. I had done so much inner work and overcome addiction and released narcissistic people from my life and done a ton of inner healing, transitioned my career and finally felt like I was doing my actual life's purpose. So I feared that being taken away from me. I feared losing myself. So actually, my priority was to maintain this level of self-identity. So I'm a twin mum. I have my boys, Blake and Carter, but I'm Carol Ann. I am me. I have experienced pregnancy and I have children, but I am me. And I'm even exactly the same. This is my approach to marriage as well. Probably another podcast episode on that one, but I honestly believe that a big key to success is, is, is really maintaining that sense of self throughout transition. And when you are solid in who you are, then you're, you're not necessarily having to do it for someone else. You're not proving, you're not doing it for them. But I need me to be the most grounded, fulfilled, whole human that I can be to be able to have harmony between being a parent, running my business, being a wife, being a sister, being a daughter, being a best friend, showing up online, giving my talks, being a coach, mentor. I need to focus on me. If I was focusing on doing it for someone else, that actually takes it away from me. I'm pouring more of my energy into, I'm doing it because I'm a parent. No, I'm doing it because it feels good for me and the impact that it has. And as a result of that, I'm having the most incredible experience being a parent with my boys. I get to go on the holidays and go to the zoo and I spend a small fortune on those bloody play centers. Dear God, you see where I'm going with that. So that's my take on it. Now you've got to remember anything that, that you ever hear, whether it's this podcast, someone else, like wherever you are listening and taking in information. That's their experience. You don't have to take this on as your own. You might have a completely different view on this. And I love that. I appreciate that. I know for some people, I've worked with mentors, in fact, their biggest driver is their children. And they would even go as far as saying, and I remember one saying that she pretends that well, if there was a gun to my head or if there was a gun to my kid's head, what would I do? I would make that call. I would go out and do this. I would make the difference. I would earn that amount of money. And that to me, that that like fear of not doing it isn't the biggest driver for me, but we're so unique, aren't we? So I'm only sharing my personal experience here. It's probably a little bit different to a lot of people's, but 
that's what makes life interesting, isn't it? I would love to know what your personal drivers are when it comes to you, your family, like reach out, share it below. It would be so interesting to hear. We talk about why power. I think that's important. But for me, it was about me keeping that sense of self-identity for sure. And this leads me on to the final thing of make sure that you still do what lights you up. I know we all have different perceptions on this. For some, it's still going away for the weekend with the girls or, or the guys or however we identify. It's going away with, with your friends. For some, it's having time to go running and exercise and get to the gym. For some, it's having time to sit and watch Emmerdale. For some, it's time to get their nails done, time to read, time to go jazz class. Like, But it's about recognising it and then actually doing it. Because what I find some people do and where they can begin to lose themselves, I'm, I'm using lose as in that sense of self-identity. We never lose ourselves. We park that part of ourselves to one side. He, she, whoever is not lost. You have never, ever lost yourself. It's simply we aren't identifying with our truest self anymore. We're identifying outside of ourselves quite often. So doing what lights you up is so important. Otherwise, if you don't, you can start to resent. Well, before my kids came along, my my kids have stopped me from being able to do this. Whereas we want to really be reframing that. Okay, if you can't, if you're a single parent, getting out on an evening, unless you've got a really close support network, I know because I've worked with a lot of people who are in this position, it's, it's near impossible. Unless you're going to bring in a babysitter or take them with you. For a lot of people, it is, you have to work with what you've got and the time that you have, the resources available to you. And don't just sack it off. Find something else. Try something else. This is one of the reasons I love the Warrior Academy is we come together and do online moon ceremonies. As a mum of twins and who runs my business and does a lot of work in the evening, some of my clients I have to do on an evening because it's the only time that they can do. Those moon ceremonies I love. It's a time for us to do card readings and meditate and sage and oh gosh, it lights us up. And of course, it only really attracts like-minded people. So the vibration, the energy is epic. So it's really about doing what lights you up. And if it doesn't fit with that old identity, that's okay. So now what's going to lead me into the other part of it, which is that kind of dodging the Botox, let's say, is now the boys are three. I don't know. I don't know what's happened. I don't know if it is just an age thing or if it is with probably this one as well, is when you consistently have less sleep, it does affect your body. My, I know my metabolism isn't what it was, so I am more mindful about walking as often as I can, and I try to drink as much alkaline water as I can and eat healthy. I'm probably about 60-40, whereas I used to be 80-20 just being transparent there. Um, but my skin is different. My skin is different. And I know that part of this, like I've invested hundreds, if not thousands of pounds into skincare over, <laughs> over the years. I just think that in the last year or so, since the boys have been walking and talking and it's just a different kind of chaos, 
I some nights just get in bed and I beat, um, take my makeup off with simple wipes. Now I know if you're all into skincare, you'll be like, ew, that's like the devil. You don't just use face wipes. And then there'll be some of you like face wipes. I just fall asleep. I don't even use anything. I mean, it's each to their own, isn't it? So, but I hadn't had a facial for about, it was probably coming, it was a couple of years. And I started to notice, and I think because I am a happy soul and I smile a lot, like as part of my, I've always been a smiler and I laugh a lot. So I don't necessarily have many frown lines. Mine are more lines around my eyes. My eyelids are not what they used to be. Also, I think the overexpression when you have kids, you know, and you're like, oh my God, and you do all these, oh, well done, you've done a big shit right next to the potty. Not quite in the potty, but it's close enough. When you're doing that all day, <laughs> that's literally what I said the other day, minus the S word. <laughs> found myself giving a round of applause because someone shit on my living room floor like it wasn't just someone it was it was one of the boys but when you actually just say it out like like that it's just like what's my life but so this over exaggeration definitely hasn't helped my wrinkles um given like what i'm about given my values I just, Botox just isn't for me. It just isn't for me. Or at least where I am in my chapter of my life right now. I never say never. So I am definitely exploring different ways. So here's a few little things just to kind of probably bring this towards a close now and some things to maybe reflect on yourself if you're in a similar position. The things that I've found working for me is getting a decent water bottle. I know this is like first world problem, isn't it? That we have to carry a specific water bottle around with us to make sure that we are drinking enough water. How privileged. Um, but I have a decent water bottle because it just reminds me to drink. I have my crystal water bottle from my desk and then I have another water bottle that I carry around my alkaline water with. That has definitely helped with the lack of sleep and the elastin in my skin. Another thing is making sure that my gut health. Now, I know it's one of those, isn't it? Where it's like, how the hell is you? Why would you gut health? But the more that I've looked into it, our skin is our biggest organ. Like we know this. And our gut, it just, I might even look to bring on a guest expert. Let me know if you would love to hear from a guest that is an expert in gut health because it fascinates me. Gut microbiome, it is so linked to our hormones, our brain, our chemicals in our brain, our hunger, skin, everything. It just has such an impact on all areas of our life. So I've been taking probiotics. Um, I can't lie, I don't take the Actimel ones. You know, the little yogurty ones. Yeah, I don't, from what I've read, there isn't that much in those. You wanna really be looking for live cultures. I think we need to bring an expert on, don't we? We're going within is the new going out. Absolutely for skin. Yeah, so that I've been really focusing on. Healthier gut, balancing that. And I actually went for some microneedling. And I really, really enjoyed it. I went to an amazing place in Hale. I'll drop their link below. Ilan Laser um, Clinic, it's called. And I went in the skin scanner. You may have seen my Insta stories recently. Went in a skin scanner. I have sun damage. Like, even though I, I kind of presumed I would because I did so many years abroad, 
I was still quite surprised to see it. And it, it, it was exaggerated because it was basically showing that if I don't take some action now, this is what my skin will look like when I'm older because the damage is done underneath the derma layer. I think it's the derma layer. You know, when you hear these things, it sounds really cool to say. So bear with me on that one. So I would actually recommend off the back of this, one of the biggest takeaways that I had was using something on your skin with an SPF in. Minimum SPF 30 and also a blue light protector. So if you wear glasses, we the first thing that we get recommended is something with the blue light filter on to protect our eyes but I never considered having a blue light filter for skin. I'm constantly either sat on my phone or laptop or TV, not constantly, you know what I mean. This day and age, quite often we are sat in front of blue light. So that is something that I would definitely recommend, even if you, even if there's nothing else that you do, begin to add in an SPF. And I know some products, like I had a foundation, like a BB cream that had an SPF in it. I think it was SPF 15, but apparently you just want it to be one on its own. And I am on this continuous journey of how do I avoid having Botox? So I will no doubt do a part two on this. And I'm also having some LED light treatment. I've only had one of those, so I can't really report back on that yet. But I'd love to know, is there any alternatives that you are experimenting with or tried and love? Definitely let me know because I would love to be able to share more things like this in the future podcasts. If I was to summarise now where I am with the business, with the boys, I've just given you the inside scoop of um, dodging the Botox. It would be that rather than trying to balance business and the boys or it was business and babies, now business and the boys, let's say. My goal is always to look for harmony. If it is utter chaos, and I'm trying to finish getting an email sent, or it's countdown at bedtime, and I've got a client, one of the boys is, my goal is to seek harmony. And knowing that they, like, they do not have the ability to emotionally regulate physically impossible. Their emotional side of their brain, their right side of the brain is still developing. Their left side of the brain, the rational side just isn't there. It's only just starting to now actually, now they're turning three, will start to just start to fire and wire some new neurons. But let's just say it's a blank canvas in there. So rather than trying to rationalize, rather than trying to like, right, let's do this, let's do that. And how do I get some harmony here? My go-to thing that I would recommend is seek harmony within. Seeking harmony within, the energy that that radiates out, knowing that the world isn't going to end if you don't get that email finished, knowing that there's going to be a time in your life when the kids are all grown up and you're going to be ringing them going, I miss you, where are you, would you like to come round? Like there's going to be a time when they don't want to climb into your bed at 3 a.m. for a cuddle because FYI, I've still not cracked the sleeping through thing. One still gets in our bed 99% of the time. And that's what I remind myself. If I'm doing a big talk or I've got a big event the next day and I'm up in the night with the boys, I seek that harmony within. I turn to gratitude that all those years that I longed for this and here we are. I turn to gratitude that there's people out there that would... And it literally, it hurts my heart to say this, but that would give anything 
to even be cradling a screaming child right now. As hard as that is in those moments, it's remembering the position that you're in. It isn't forever. And when you can seek that inner harmony, just take those breaths. Know that this too shall pass. Always does. Every, every phase that they go through is literally that. It's just a phase. And then you're on to the next one. Quite often, they just get more chaotic. <laughs> but it's a journey, isn't it? So I would actually say that since having the boys, I know I mentioned about it being my biggest fear. It was the biggest blessing. I don't think I've even said that throughout the whole thing, have I? It was without a doubt, I was handed my biggest fear so I could see that actually, I was so capable of doing this. I, I just doubted myself. And I genuinely don't think that I would be where I am if it wasn't for them. If it wasn't for those naptime hustles, if it wasn't for that, how do I begin to learn to adapt to my body now I've had a twin pregnancy? Like my belly is not what it was. And if you saw the video on International Women's Day, like, like BBC Radio apparently passed that around the office, which I know that sounds pretty daunting, but I love that. It just means that it was hitting home. It was making an impact, which is what it's all about. So without a doubt, I do believe that it is all possible. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Does it take a level of resilience and humour? Humour is my go-to thing. Hell yes. Could I be doing what I'm doing now had I not have done as much of the inner healing and the mindset work? I think that would be a bit of a different story. I really do think that, that having the mindset tools there has played a huge part in this. I mean, we've all got access to mindset tools. We all have. If you've got access to Google, if you've got access to YouTube, to a library, to so many, I mean, there's, head over to my website. There's a ton of free different download. There's access to information and challenges and things like that. You, you can start small, meet yourself where you are and utilize what you have because I honestly think that, that the mindset is such a key piece in this. So I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I can't believe I have two three-year-olds. What the hell? Here we go. They start preschool really soon. So I would love to know your thoughts and any reflections, anything like that. And of course, if you haven't already, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and then you can be the first to know when next week's lands. Have a great week and I look forward to catching you on the next episode. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would be so grateful if you could share this with a friend who you just know would love it too. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know when next week's drops. Sending you all the love and light.